The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Arise to Success show where we aim to highlight inspiring individuals and their journeys to success. I'm your host in the show. My name is Jihad. Today we have a great guest and we will be discussing a very interesting topic and I believe it is actually very important as well. I'm honored to have Arfi Majid today who is a financial and investment coach. Besides talking a bit about Arfi's journey today of what got her to become a financial and investment coach, Arfi will also talk about why our financial well-being is as important as our physical well-being as research shows that 73% of our stress is due to our finances. This is, um, this is a pre-recorded show, so we're not taking any calls today, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show in 0779-481822, or you can also um, comment on Facebook. Um, just to let you know that some of our shows will, or some of our episodes will be recorded um, just in case myself or the guests are unable to make it on for the live show, uh, whereas most of the shows will be actually live, but feel free to send us your comments. Rafi, thank you so much for being here with us today and welcome to the Rise to Success show. How are you doing today? Alhamdulillah, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure you. to be here. Thank you, Arfi. It's a pleasure to have you as well. So, Arfi, your area of expertise is very, very interesting and I believe it's very important as well, which I feel that we don't really give it that much attention. So I'm honored to have you with us on the show today. Um, and perhaps if we can start with, if you can tell us what is actually a financial and investment coach? Sure, sure. Um, so I am a certified financial coach. Um, what we do is we, we support individuals mm-hmm. overcome any blocks that they have when it comes to managing their finances usually those blocks come from a lack of education because we're not taught how to manage our money when we're at school. Mm. Um, Sometimes individuals experience financial trauma such as uh, loss of money and and that makes them avoid taking investment decisions. So, So similarly how someone would go to the gym and hire a personal trainer to support them in their financial fitness journey a financial coach very similarly will will work one-to-one with an individual and support them in managing their money their finances getting them started on their investment journey and ensure that the individuals are using their money correctly to build wealth and and not overspend does that make sense yeah absolutely and i'm just thinking as you're talking is that we don't get we don't get that in schools either we don't get that indication where we learn how to manage our finances so that adds even more importance to have a financial coach to help manage the money but a lot of people because that idea is is i feel like it's a it's an idea that people are not so used to they might be thinking well you know i can manage my money myself why would i need a coach to do that are there difficulties with having this kind of thinking uh, or this mindset um, yes, so, so there are some individuals who can manage their money and perhaps don't need a financial coach at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a, a huge amount of the population that um, unfortunately do. The reason mm-hmm. for that is at school we are taught about physical well-being, we're taught mm-hmm. about mental well-being, but we're not taught about financial well-being and and your finances and how you manage your money, how you earn your money, how you spend your money, how you invest your money are so integral to our personal development after school. Mm. And subsequently, if um, sure, if, if individuals are happy to manage their finances and they feel they know what they're doing, then um, and that's absolutely brilliant. Um, but for individuals that do need that support, um, who don't know where to start, who don't know how to start investing, perhaps, then that that's where I, I would recommend they go out and look for help. And perhaps initially in the start of their wealth journey, use a financial coach and see how it goes. 
that's what I was thinking as well when you were talking. I was like, even though we may think that we know how to manage our money, specifically enough for individuals who are in business or doing something for themselves, it might be worth starting at least with it to get mm-hmm. to that um, kind of training or kind of like yeah. you know, a bit of a boost to kind of manage it um, in, a, in an effective way. And then yeah. they can go ahead and do it themselves. Whereas those who need extra support, they can, you know, have a coach for a little bit longer. When you said as well, and I was reading um, your bio when it, when, when it stated that 73% of our stress is due to finances, I was like, wow, 73, that's a very high percentage. That's over, you know, well over 50%. So can you tell us more about that? Because as you mentioned earlier as well, we talk about physical and emotional well being we never heard about financial well-being and how important that is so if you could tell us how is that how is how is research that showing that 73 percent of our stress is due to finances um so so annually uh there's there isn't that much data unfortunately um however annually there are reports uh coming out of the u.s um mm. which specifically focus on mental health and it's it's those reports that show that a, a big trigger for for your mental health is um, is your finances. Um, that year on year has been between sixty to seventy percent, showing that um, stress is due to finances, how money is managed, due to money being lost, um, a fear of not having enough money. Um, in the UK recently, I think the stats are if I, if I just quickly bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, in the UK. It's pretty horrendous, in fact. Um, so, so problems due to money are leading to suicide. Um, the cost of living crisis has had a huge impact on people's mental health in the UK, um, and so subsequently, we don't even know what the numbers are actually for for the Muslim population. But we know that they are skewed. Um, not in the favor for women. Mm. Um, and so the stats are very alarming. And, yeah. and subsequently, I think I think times have shifted now. Now there has been now there is a focus on financial well-being. We're, we're seeing a lot of uh, financial influencers on social media. Um, banks are also taking note and in and launching their own programs, teaching people how to manage their money. There are helplines now out there to support people who are going through financial difficulties. Um, so, so the tide is shifting. However, it's not shifting enough because we are um, an aging population and um, we're living for longer. And what the stats are also showing are that we are not prepared for retirement. So, mm-hmm. so the normal retirement age is um, 65 to 67 people tend to live for another 30 years beyond that and there isn't enough in their retirement pots to cover them for their retirement um, in again in the US that's where the, the best stats are coming from three out of four people are not prepared for retirement and again that is skewed um, really not in favor of women so for women the stats are even worse Wow. And you said that it's related to suicide as well. Yes. Wow, this is quite alarming. It's quite scary. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Money is very emotional. We're not taught Mm. how to manage it. And Mm. um, it can make someone very emotional when they feel like they don't have enough of it. It can make someone feel very emotional when they feel like they don't have enough of it to spend on their families and to look after their loved ones. And mm-hmm. with the cost of living crisis, um, the stats are becoming a lot more alarming. Yeah. Wow. I, I was shocked when I was when I was listening to that one. I was like, wow, it's actually, you know, directly related to suicide. Um, we're talking about the population in general. Now, what I noticed with Muslims in specific is that a lot of people believe that money is evil. Um, so we shouldn't really talk about money and we shouldn't really address it. What's your input on this, um, Arfi? Is, is it a topic that us as Muslims shouldn't talk about, shouldn't discuss, or is it important to actually learn how to manage it well? Um, so, so I find it very bizarre. Um, I grew up in the UK and um, I, I was you... not... Mm. I'm sorry? No, no, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in the UK and, um, and, and I was 
never aware of this concept. Um, I, I know it's very common amongst my friends who are, are Christian and belong to other religions. Um, mm. Now I live in the UAE and, and I, I don't see this at all. Um, if, if we look, so, so in Islam, um, the first revert to Islam was, um, was our mother Khadija. Uh, mm. Khadija was a notorious businesswoman mm. and, um, and she was very good at creating money. And so, so what Khadija did was send caravans from Mecca to Yemen and, um, and Damascus. And these caravans would carry goods from Mecca. And the jobs of the traders that she employed was to sell these goods in Yemen and Damascus. And in turn, in Yemen and Damascus, their job was to buy goods, bring it to Mecca and sell it in Mecca at a very good price. And uh, so, so this concept is, is, is buy low, sell high. In, in trading, we call this scalping. It's very profitable. And the idea is to maximize on the amount of money that you can make. Um, so, so money, business, being an entrepreneur, um, creating a financial economy. This is, this has been integrated in Islam from very early on. Muslims mm -hmm. have the fiqh of Islamic finance and the fiqh of business that teaches us how to conduct business and how, to, again, to manage money. We have different financial contracts, the, the Ajara, for example, the Madaraba. Um, we also have ethical finance. So, so, so um, I come from a finance background. Um, in the past 10 years, there's been a huge emphasis in the West to manage money ethically. And we now have concepts such as ESG, which is economic social governance. Um, but if we look at the fiqh of Islamic finance, which was um, which was founded more than a thousand years ago, um, it's what we're teaching now in Western democracy is very similar to what Islamic finance laid out many many years ago. Um, so so this concept of money being evil is uh, this is not from Islam because we are actually the pioneers of how to create money, how to manage money, how to create financial contracts, and how to build a financial economy. Mm -hmm. um, if we, uh, just looking across the world, um, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, these Muslim countries, um, there, there is no concept there of money being evil, and subsequently they're very prosperous. Um, so you go further east, similarly in Malaysia, um, Malaysia takes the lead when it comes to Islamic finance and the, the Muslim women there and the Muslim men are again pioneers in business. Um, they have founded multiple businesses and their economy is doing very, very well too. Um, so, so this concept of, of money being evil is not from Islam. Uh, Islam teaches us how to you know, it tells us that when we make du'a, we, we pray for health and we pray for wealth. We have multiple du'as to protect us from poverty because that is not good for anyone. And in addition to that, we're encouraged to go to work. We're encouraged to produce an income. We're, we're, we, we have rules on how we manage our money. So we should not manage our money incorrectly. We should not spend on things that are, that are prohibited. Um, we should also not hoard money. However, mm -hmm. making money, going out to work, creating businesses, creating economies, um, this comes from Islam. This is really interesting. Thank you for that. Because, I, you know, it's interesting what you said. There's actually a Western way of thinking rather than Islamic way of thinking. And I do hear it quite a lot amongst Muslims. So, you know, when you said that you're comparing it with, um, you know, Middle Eastern countries, for example, Qatar, um, Saudi, um, Dubai, and so on, mm -hmm. completely different concepts. So, you know, to my thinking here, because I hear it amongst Muslims, I thought it is an idea that Muslims have, it seems like it's an influence from the Western society here. So it is not an Islamic concept. It is an influence from Western think way of thinking. And from what you're saying that, you know, you know, the example that you've given Khadija, she had her own business, she was an entrepreneur. So in fact, it seems like that for us as Muslims, it seems like it's an obligation for us to follow the path of our mothers in Islam and, or, and, our, and the Sahabas, where they actually, you know, had the ability to manage their finances quite well. 
And I feel like it's not just important, but it seems like it's an obligation to, to know how to manage your money well. Um, I'm wondering here, are there any, any training um, on how to manage your money from the Islamic perspective? Because we said there are rules on how to manage your money Islamically. Are there anything, any sort of, you know, training, any sort of support for um, if, the, you know, listeners here in Sharma, they, they benefit from this and they would want to take this further. Is there anything that you're aware of out there that is specifically that Islamic training and how to manage money? Yes. Um, so, so there's actually, there's multiple places that people can go to to learn how to so, so it's, it's more in relation to um, how they conduct business. Um, so and so, so number one, um, the Al Balag Institute in in the UK does mm. lots of courses on Islamic finance and um, and the fiqh of business. If anyone is wish, if any Muslim is wishing to start a business, I strongly recommend they study the fiqh of business um, at the same time that they set up their business um, because we in the fiqh there's there is a lot of information out there to support you in in how you manage your business mm. um, and um, and you also talked about your rights as an employer the rights of your employees um, how to finance your business um, how to raise capital and it's um, it, it, it's rather than just learning it's there's also a lot of information in there that can support you in creating your business and, and I strongly recommend for you know anyone who's starting a business um, and is a Muslim um, to definitely participate in one of those courses. Um, similarly, with Islamic finance now, um, I think there's multiple institutions running around the world. If you were to Google it, um, I'm sure you could find a course near you or an online course that would teach you um, the concept, the basics of Islamic finance, and. And also, I think it's quite important for Muslims to, to to learn this. So even if you're not working in the Islamic finance field, um, just just learning, for example, what an ijara is, which is um, the the concept of, of of a leasing contract. If you have a piece of machinery, you could lease it to someone, and how the terms work around that. It's it's good basic knowledge for Muslims to have, and and also for Muslims to understand their religion. There's, there's a huge focus, um, which is very important on, on, on the seerah, the life of the prophet. Um, but equally, Muslims should also learn how we conduct ourselves. And, and you can learn a lot of that from courses such as the fiqh of Islamic finance and the fiqh of, of, of business. Wow, you know, I, I've, I myself, I'll be honest, I never knew any of these things. So now I'm listening, listening to that. would inspire them. Yeah. Um, would inspire them okay. to learn more about the days of right sorry i think there was just some um um kind of um voices from elsewhere there so i was saying that you know even myself you know i, I didn't know about all of these you know things finances managing your finances days of Ashura would inspire them days of Ashura. um i'm not sure what's going on there let me just check. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Days of Ashura would inspire them. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just messaging them to check that everything is okay. Okay. All right. Hopefully, it should be fine. Apologies about that. Days of um, would inspire them to learn really? more about the days. It, it sounds like there's a recording that's being played back. Yeah, I'm just messaging them to check what's, what's going on. Uh, I do apologize, Arfi, and I do apologize, listeners. Um, this is virtual, so I don't know if there is some sort of, you know, recording something that is interfering with our recording today. So I just messaged them, so hopefully it should be okay for now. Right, so, um, you know, I was saying this is quite interesting, mashallah, that there are some uh, training as well out there. So this is something I definitely will, will check, um, inshallah, to for me to benefit from this and to manage my finances better. And inshallah, I'm hoping the listeners can find that beneficial as well. So you've mentioned fiqh of business. You've mentioned uh, the basics of Islamic finances. Um, is there anything else just to kind of mention to again so that our listeners can make notes of it, um, Arfi? Um, sure. Um, so, so if anyone is... So, for example, if anyone does not know where to start um, and um, 
and they are completely lost and they feel like they're not managing their money correctly, then I would also encourage them to to seek support from perhaps a Muslim certified financial coach. Yeah. Um, it, it does not have to be me, um, but, but I would certainly recommend they book in at least at least two to three sessions initially just to start with, just so that they have someone supporting them one-to-one to put mm. them on the right path. Mm. No, that's amazing. That's that, oh, I was going to ask about this as well. Um, but just to kind of remind the listeners of who we have today with us, we have um, the amazing Afi Majid, mashallah, who's a financial and investment coach. Um, and today we're discussing the topic of finances and why our finance, financial well-being is just as important as our physical physical well-being. As yeah. research shows that 73% of our stress is due to our finances, which is quite an interesting finding. So Arfi, now if we can move into the coaching, how does the coach work um we talked a bit about training how many sessions is somebody you know needing to to manage their finances is it different for somebody who's starting a business or somebody is already in the business um so yeah walk us through the coaching process sure sure um so, so the way um so every coach is different every coach will use a different approach um the way i do it um so so, so as a coach our job is to support individuals and um, and one of the best ways that you can support someone is also understand if they require any form of healing. So mm-hmm. so for me, as well as being a certified financial coach, I also do inner child healing and I also work with essential oils. Um, the, the first session with me is is always a deep delve into someone's mindset and beliefs around money and wealth um, mm-hmm. to to uncover exactly what is holding them back um so so we all have a voice in our head and that voice in our head has the biggest impact on our lives and the way that we conduct ourselves um in the first instance we would need to know what that voice in your head is telling you about money wealth um yourself your confidence um have you been through any trauma what were the conversations around money like in your childhood when you were growing up um Mm -hmm what we what i find with my clients is um and and this is this is this has been across the board across men and women Mm -hmm. and no matter what kind of background that they come from um when individuals come from a very supportive healthy happy home um they tend to manage their finances and their money very very well and, and this applies to all aspects of their life. Um, so, so they look after their physical wellness very, very well. They 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 go to the gym. Um, they look after their mental health very well as well. Um, and so they are subsequently then going to be very, very good at also looking after their finances and managing their money and growing their wealth. They go on to be be very, very good business people as well, um, but because they're so confident and secure in themselves, they conduct business very, very well. Um, oh. individuals mm, yeah it, it's very interesting it, it, it's very psychological mm. um, it, it is more about the psychology of money initially mm. and mm. Um, and then and then once we worked on the mindset the beliefs built up the confidence in an individual on how they can manage their money then we actually start focusing on the education on on what a stock is, what a share is, what crypto is, uh, what a crypto asset is, um, how to build a real estate portfolio, um, Sharia compliant investing options, um, and then and just a checklist really to make sure that you've got everything in place. So you have life insurance, your pension is working correctly for you. Um, you've managed your wealth and your assets correctly. So in the event of something of, of happening to you, um, your loved ones would be looked after. But, but initially, that the beginning is is always mindset, beliefs, psychology. Mm. What we what, what I also see um, again with a lot of British Muslims is that um, we 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 come from unfortunately traumatic homes mm. where um, sons and daughters of immigrants um, and and unfortunately um, a, a lot of culture that doesn't favour women so much. Um, mm where I, I, I feel that um, Asian parents in particular um, and immigrant parents are very, that they, they love their children, but they're also very, very hard on their children because they want their children to be successful and do well. Mm. Um, but because they're so hard, that harshness that they have with their children, it 
then becomes like a debilitating voice mm. in them when they become adults. So, um, so, so that's where the inner child healing work comes in. Mm. So sometimes with, 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 I mean, I have some clients who, who we do, who, who, who choose to do at least 10 sessions of inner child healing first, which is, um, which is basically putting them in a, in a meditative state where we go back to their childhood and we try and reassure that inner child in them that they are safe, they are confident, they are loved, they are looked after. Um, we really work on changing that voice inside their head that is sabotaging them. And so if I stop you there, because we're going to go for a break shortly, but I think that's a really sure. important to continue after the break. So listeners... Yes, thank you, Arfi. We will definitely continue that after the break. So, listeners, please stay tuned. This is Inspire FM on 105.1. We have the amazing Arfi today talking about a very important topic. So, please stay tuned after the break. We will continue talking about the coaching and the, you know, how you help clients. And, you know, you're talking about the, the healing from that, you know, the um, um, the traumas from childhood and so on. So, we'll go for a few minutes break and we'll see you shortly. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to the Arise to Success show. We have Arfi Majid today, who's a financial and investment coach, and we're discussing finances and why our financial well-being is very important and is just as important as our physical well-being. Uh, listeners, this is a pre-recorded show, so we're not going to be able to take any calls today, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts about the show on 0779 um, or you can also um, message us on Facebook or comment on Facebook. Arfi, very important topic, and just before the break, we're talking about the coaching process, how it helps individuals manage their finances. You'll talk about healing from childhood traumas. If you continue that, because I think that's a very, very important topic. Yes, absolutely. Um so, so as I was saying, in 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 childhood, the what, so our beliefs around money and wealth are actually set in our mindset before the age of seven. Mm. So, so everything that we see around money and wealth, the conversations that happened, um, the way our parents managed our money, this becomes deeply embedded into our mindset. Mm. And so, so, so subsequently for some clients who feel like that they need the inner child healing work first, we focus on that first. And, um, and that is basically giving their inner child reassurance that they are loved, they are safe, they are enough, they are intelligent. And, and a lot of that work is, is subsequently then changing the voice that individual has in their head on how they view themselves and how confident they, they then feel in managing their finances and their money going forward. The, the inner child healing work doesn't just help with how they manage their money and their finances, but it, it also really supports them in becoming a more confident individual who, who basically follows their, um, their higher self. So, mm-hmm. so, so within us, we have our higher self, which is us, it's who we are at our core, um, our higher self wants the best for us and the best for everybody else. But we also have a lower self, which is, which is uh, Islamically, we, we call that your nafs. Mm. It's, it's part of you that will self-sabotage. It's a part of you that will try and put you on the wrong path, even though you know what the right path is. Mm. And, um, and what the healing work does is give your, it gives your higher self more control and it minimizes your lower self when you're in that state then you are ready to succeed in all areas of your life not just your finances but but also in in your fitness journey in um in 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 your mental health your relationships with other people too so so the healing work is it's very important for individuals who may have suffered trauma or, or a very very tough childhood once we've overcome that then the next stage is um let's get you started on your finances now now you're ready to to, to understand what a spending plan is um, how to manage your wealth how to build your wealth and be investing wow so you mentioned 
that there are a certain number of sessions for the um, healing and then a certain number of sessions for the for the um, managing the finances. Is there a specific number of sessions or does it depend on each individual? Yeah, it completely depends on the individuals. Some people don't need inner child healing at all because they come from very, very happy and supportive Mm -hmm. homes and they have a very, very supportive network. And with individuals like that, you can go straight into money management. Um, (coughs) With uh, with individuals, so so the benefit of the one-to-one coaching subsequently is that it's bespoke and it's tailored around an individual's need. We're, we're all different. Um, so some people could, some people just can just have one healing session, and um, and that's enough to get them started. Um, but some, uh, um, unfortunately, it's usually women who uh, who who have to do it for at least three months before they're in a stage to um, to, to move on. And the reason for that is because if they don't do that healing work first, they'll self-sabotage. They'll mm. find a reason not to continue with their spending plans or not to focus on their investing. Um, and so that's why the healing work is so important. If, if I take myself as an example, um, when I first moved to the UAE, um, I went from being a VP of finance in a company and I was promoted to the commercial director. Um, and this was directed to the board. And when I moved to the UAE, my job was to build the entire business out there. So it was to set up the company, set up the trades, set up the bank accounts, um, set up the entire business effectively. And I was I was very much thrown in at the deep end. And I myself needed a coach to support me during that journey. And my um, my workplace offered me coaches, but they were they had a lot of masculine alpha energy, and and I was looking for somebody. Who I could relate to a little bit more, and so um, so one of my best friends in Dubai, she's also a CEO, recommended her coach, and um, and after the first session, her coach, all, all she would focus on is inner child healing with me, and mm. and to be even I got a bit annoyed, and and I would go back to my friends and say, you know, um, are you sure she's a good coach, and my <laughs> friends told me to stick with it. And, yeah. and so we did inner child healing for, uh, for at least the first 10 sessions. And at, at each session, I was like, really, we're going to go back and do this. Um, but, but she was right. Um, so, so I myself come from um, an immigrant household. My parents came from Pakistan. Um, and they were very, very tough with me. And they loved me, but they were very, very tough with me because they wanted me to be successful. But, mm. but that toughness also created an inner child in me that was very, very scared. And, and so for my coach, it was very important for her to first start off with the inner child and do the inner child healing sessions with me before we could move on and do anything else. Because if, if that inner child inside you is not healed, it will find a way to self-sabotage you. If it's not getting, because it never got enough attention, not enough love, it doesn't feel confident, it will create a voice in your head telling that you are telling you that you are not confident and you you are not capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. So, so that healing work needs to be done first. It's, it's very, very important. And, you know, I, I myself am uh, like a, a, a prodigy of the results of that because after that I, I flourished. And, um, and that's another reason why when I started my coaching practice, I wanted to bring that into, into one of my offerings um, and, and I see it too. I see when individuals do that work, that healing work, they absolutely flourish afterwards, not just in their finances, but in all areas of their life. Wow, that's amazing. So finances is not just finances. There's a lot of psychology behind it. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. much psychology. Money is um, it's very, very emotional, very, yeah. very emotional. And um, and it's it's really important for individuals not to not to put their personal performance on money. And mm. this is from Islam as well. So your risk comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, you have to strive for it. Yes, you have to work for it. And, um, but, but ultimately, it, it comes from Allah. And we should ask, when we make the world, we should also ask for it. That's very important too. Um, mm. But who we are as a person, um, our confidence, our abilities, how secure we feel about ourselves must be kept separate to our wealth as well. And again, that comes into psychology. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people think 
um, that their success is only down to the amount of money that they make. Yeah. And that is not correct. And that, that is not from Islam as well. It's interesting when you break it down like this, it makes us realize how much is behind finances. And it's not just about the money, it's a lot of psychology behind it. You know, the um, upbringing that we've had, as, you, as you've mentioned, is having a lot of impact. And that's why it's now making a lot of sense why 73% of our stress is due to finances, because it's not just finances, but a lot of emotions are behind it as well. A lot of psychology is behind it. And it's just an area where we don't even talk about when it comes to emotional well-being. So that's really interesting. Thank you, um, Arfi. Just to remind the listeners, we have Arfi Majid with us today, who's a financial and investment coach. And we're discussing the topic of finances and why our financial well-being is very important and is as important as our physical well-being. This is a pre-recorded show, listeners, so we're not taking any calls, but please feel free to text or WhatsApp your thoughts on the show. And I'll check us up at Arfi, talking about coaching, um, is do you think that we need to have coaching and the training that you've mentioned earlier or is coaching enough i mean listening to yourself training in itself isn't enough if somebody wants to take a step you know further um by listening here what what's the first step that they need to take is it training or do they go straight to a coach is it enough to have a coach or do they need that training on the side as well um again everyone is different so so it would it would completely come down to the individual everyone knows themselves Mm. um, and so they will have a better idea of whether or not they could benefit immediately in the first instance from one-to-one coaching with a coach Mm. Um, some people um, you know it it also depends on your cash flow and and your finances as well so um, unfortunately coaches are not particularly cheap and if somebody is already hand-to-mouth it would be Mm. an expense that perhaps they could not afford in the first instance Um, Mm. So, so, so my 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 initial advice is um, is first just have the awareness of how important your financial wellness is. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's it's not something that you you, you put under the carpet. Um, just in the same way that you look after your physical wellness and your mental health, you mm-hmm. should also focus on looking after your finances and how you manage your money. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone is hand to mouth, um, their focus must be on upping their income so that mm-hmm. they are no longer in a position where they're hand to mouth. Um, so, mm-hmm. so perhaps learn a new skill set, um, perhaps take like do a side hustle. But but living living in a hand to mouth situation is um, it, it, it's, it's very risky. It puts an individual at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so so first instance is really try and get yourself out of a situation where you're hand to mouth. You must be in a situation where you're making more money that, than you earn. And when you're in that position, then you now can afford to get extra support with managing your finances. If you are an individual who feels like they, they would benefit from healing, um, then go out there and get the healing that you need to do and mm-hmm. allocate some of your expenditure to, to education. Um, mm-hmm. So once you've done the healing, um, and once again, if you do not want to work with a one-to-one coach, um, study the fiqh of business, study the fiqh of Islamic finances, because there's a lot of information in there on how to conduct yourself. Mm. And, um, and of course, also, if you, if you think in the first instance that you would benefit from one-to-one coaching and you have the funds to do so, then I would, I would definitely encourage it. Mm, okay roughly so the listeners are aware how much is the cost to have a coach is there a range um so it's, it's very interesting so i actually don't know any other financial coaches mm. um, so so i certified with a body in the uk mm. and um, and i never really kept in contact so i'm not too sure what their fees are um so 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 my so i offer packages um mm. To work with me, it would be at least um, three to four sessions, mm. and then I would need to have a one-to-one conversation with the individual. But but generally, it's about um, in US dollars, about two hundred US dollars per session. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have one session a month, maybe two sessions a month, um, three sessions a month. Um, so it's 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 not the cheapest option, mm-hmm. but um, but to get you on the right track. Even if you did it for a few months, that that one to one support that you get 
-hmm. is is very very valuable it's um similarly to if you wanted to you know if if you were new to the gym mm -hmm. and you didn't know how the equipment worked you didn't know how to get yourself into a good routine mm -hmm. um, you would hire a personal trainer a, a good personal trainer who knows how to look after you who can deliver that one-to-one -one support mm -hmm. um, again is probably not the the cheapest option out there but mm -hmm. then they're certainly worth it because once they put you on that path and you're on that journey then mm -hmm. their job is to support you so much and give you a good head start that you excel going forward yeah yeah, absolutely. So the weight that you've mentioned is about 170, 180 pounds. Um, but as you've mentioned, it's it's not something for life, right? It's just something that is needed, you know, the start of, of, of uh, your business or if you're looking into better managing your money. So it's an investment that can go on for a few sessions that can be very helpful. Because I'm just thinking here at the back of my mind. Yeah, I'm just thinking here at the back of my mind, I never had that training. I never had, you know, that, you know, in, in the upbringing, we don't think about finances in that sense that you just explained it just now. Mm -hmm. Even for myself, I'm thinking this will be something really, really beneficial. Um, so thank you for that. Um, coming back to talking about, because, you know, just in case listeners have joined a bit late, so it's coming back talking about, you know, the concept of money is evil. And we talked about your input in that and the fact that it is not actually Islamic. Um, and we have, you know, great figures, Islamic, like Khadija, you know, our, uh, uh, one of the amazing, you know, um, Sahabis and the Prophet's wives. She had, you know, her own business. She was an entrepreneur. She managed her business and so on. I'm just thinking here as well, you know, giving charity, we give charity, one of the forms of giving charity is in the form of finances, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the best mentality or mindset to have towards money as Muslims? Um, and also, you, you know, we kind of talked a bit briefly about that. But if you elaborate on it a bit more, and also if you have any other, you know, examples of Islamic figures, like Khadija Abdullah and I've mentioned, are there any other Muslim figures, males and females, that managed their money quite well and were successful entrepreneurs or successful in business? Oh, jihad! There's so many. Um, so, so the reason we have the adhan mm. is because of Bilal, and mm. the reason we have Bilal is because Abu Bakr freed him, and he paid money for that. Right. Um, the you know the, the 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 progression of of the Muslim Empire was due to the fact that the Muslims were wealthy and they had the finances to build the empire. Yeah. So, so if we look at um, one of the key moments. Um, in Islamic history is, is uh, for example, the takeover of, of Constantinople. Mm. Um, it was um, the Sult Sultan Ahmed who did that, and he was very wealthy. He was very, very well financed. And one of the, one of the major reasons Constantinople fell mm. is because um, the king of Constantinople at the time was very, very poor. Mm. If we... Um, there's a very really good documentary on netflix actually which um which goes into the ottomans and it shows that the, the, so i think it was i can't remember the name of the king but the king of constantinople at the t at the time was so poor that they didn't have any gold or silver coins all mm. the coins were made from copper and brass mm. um and then you had ahmed with his um fight like very strong financing and and, and that financing bought the bought the power of um, Hungarians. It enabled him to invest in technology to create the state of art cannons, which were instrumental in um, in the takeover of Constantinople. Um, I think our history is is littered with examples of where money and wealth were instrumental in um, in this, in growing Islam. Um, if, if we take like maybe a more gentler example, um, the building of the first university in Morocco. Mm. Uh, this was uh, founded by a Muslim woman, a Muslim scholar. Um, again, she came from a very, very wealthy family, but she she self-financed sorry self-financed the first university. Mm. Um, so, so, so money is nothing but a tool. It can yeah. be used for good and it can be used mm. for bad. But when it when it is used for good, the good that it can create is is monumental. Mm. The, the building of universities, the building of schools um, in Granada, um, the hospitals. Um, Granada is one of the first places where music therapy was introduced for patients who suffered from mental from poor mental health. 
Mm. Um, you know, all, all of this takes money, it takes financing. Um, the fact that Muslims have such beautiful architecture and beautiful gardens, mm. um, again, um, this comes from skill, knowledge, and financing. Yeah. Um, so, so financing is 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 key in growth, development, um, building an an economy. It's mm. it's key in how we conduct ourselves. When you have wealth, you have the opportunity to be generous and responsible, um, and you have the opportunity given to you to to uphold principles of justice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it is. It's, it's, you know, Islam encourages Muslims to earn wealth, but through lawful means. And it also tells us that we must spend our wealth in lawful means. And so when you do that, then you create, um, you know, a beautiful economy where people are happy. They have good health care. They have good schools. Um, people are happy in their jobs. Um, so it, you know, in, in, you know, of course, if it's used incorrectly, then it, it causes misery and misfortune. Um, mm. But it's, it's all down to the use of it. And so the use of it and having it are key. Mm. Yeah. And from what you're saying is that it actually, you know, it's, you know, finances actually is a way to raise and for the Ummah to rise as well. And lack of it makes it, you know, makes it puts us in a situation where we, you know, we we're not doing so well as you, as example that you've given. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about the athkar, you know, that we read morning and, and, and evening, and one of it is that we seek refuge from being poor. Yes. So, yes. So it's that in in fact Islamically, it or Islam encourages us to be wealthy, but as you said, to use it in the lawful way. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, this has. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so, so, um, and it's it's important as well. So, so because when you have a fiqh of Islamic, mm. so whenever you have a fiqh of anything, it gives it an important place in Islam, mm. and so um, Islam places an importance on money and the ethical use of money, and um, I think it, it encourages Muslims to strike um, a balance between between material wealth and spiritual well-being as well um, mm. but but really the ultimate aim of money is to spend it lawfully and in a way that brings you closer to Allah yeah. and and you know in a way that benefits your families and society as a whole yeah and so yeah and in absolutely um, no it, it's like having a knife a knife can mm. be used to carve and make beautiful food meals um, art but mm. a knife can also be used to do something terrible it, yeah. it's all down to how you use it but the knife itself is not evil right it's just a tool yes absolutely i love that example that you've given because it really you know it gives a really good um practical example of you know um when it comes to money we, we talked about you know thinking of money as evil where you're given an example of a knife it's just a tool and so is finances it's just a tool we can yeah. use it the right way or the wrong way it's up to us how to use it and islamically of course it encourages us to use it the lawful way and encourages us to be wealthy as muslims as well just mm -hmm. reminded to our listeners we have arfi on the show today who's a financial and investment coach this is a pre-recorded show so we can't take any calls but please feel free to text whatsapp your thoughts on 0779481822 alternatively you can also message us on facebook um, Arfi, in the last few minutes, what can listeners do today so that they can start looking after their financial well-being? Um, so, a really good question. Um, so, so how about um, I give listeners a task that I give to my clients, mm. um, and that is to um, so, so I encourage everybody to have a diary and to journal. Uh, journal is, journaling is very, very, like, extremely good for mental health. All the research shows that. Um, I would invite listeners to journal how they spend their money and mm. how that makes them feel. Mm. And, um, and, and if it makes them feel negative, um, I would encourage them to write down something to challenge that negativity. So, uh, so for example, um, let's say Layla goes shopping, she spends so much, and then she's too scared to look at her credit card bill afterwards mm. or, or her bank statements. 
um you know how did Layla Layla how did you feel when you spent that money and um and yes um now you have a fear of looking at your bank statements but how could we that how could we turn that over on on its head so for mm. example if you now looked at your bank statements um how could looking at your bank statements be a positive thing mm. yeah Mm, interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, so journaling. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. Lastly, also before we finish, where can listeners learn more? You know, are there any training that you offer apart from the coaching that you do? How can they, you know, g- get to know more about if they want to know more about coaching, for example, more about financial investment and how they can manage their money better? Is there any platform where they can learn more? Um, so alhamdulillah there's there's so many out there if they if they were to google it i think they'd come up with there's just so many and they're really really good um my one is called the wealth oasis club um you can also find me on instagram and linkedin um which is the wealth oasis club and um inshallah i will be bringing as well as the one-to-one coaching i'm hoping to bring out a um a seminars in september which mm. a, a lot more um a lot more economic and um and and a lot more detailed about different concepts of uh, of islamic finance and just managing your money in general inshallah great and that you will sh- you will you know um let others know about that on the website on your platform instagram as well correct absolutely absolutely perfect it has been an honor to have you with us today so thank you so much unfortunately it has reached the end of the show but what you've shared today has been really really beneficial it's an area i didn't know much about and i'm assuming a lot of our listeners did not know much about either so thank you so much arfi um listeners also thank you very much for being here with us today i hope you have enjoyed today's session as much as i have and you found it beneficial as well please do stay tuned for our future episodes and also if you know or if you know or you are someone who would like to share your story in our radio show to inspire others please do get in touch with us on 0779-481822 would love to hear from you Arfi thank you so much again for being here with us it's been very very beneficial listeners as always arise to success and see you next week inshallah assalamualaikum thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspire FM Luton.